to Menopause Morph, your time to change. We're here to help you thrive through your menopause, bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong, vibrant woman nature intended you to be. Hosted by Pauline McCarthy of the Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, compassion, and joy. Hello, welcome to this week's Menopause Morph, your time to change. Today we have all the way from the USA, which for a lot of you who live in the USA is not very far, but for us here in Iceland, it's quite a wee bit swim over the ocean. Anyway, his name is Rick Jacobs and Rich is a functional medicine practitioner who loves helping women 25 to 45 years. I'm sure he helps the other ones as well, but that's his I main, sure do. Yep, that's his main yep. focus group. You know, to overcome common health issues such as fatigue, insomnia and low libido. As a former collegiate strength and conditioning coach, Rich understands the spectrum of health from athlete to non-athlete. He became passionate about helping others holistically through his own health issues that doctors couldn't resolve. He now works with people all over the country using his health detective skills to find the root cause of common health issues to eliminate symptoms for good. So welcome, Rich. Thank you, Pauline. Okay, great. So I, I was very interested in this athlete to non-athlete because I am definitely a non-athlete. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but I have many of my listeners who are really into the gym and doing everything. So you've got you've got the whole field okay. here to cover. Perfect. And so so you 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 from this you were really into into sports and and coaching and stuff like that. And that, but then you had your own health issues. So could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, so my own health issues were pretty much part of the big five that I deal with uh, people today, and that's that's fat or unexplained weight gain, fatigue, depression. I had insomnia, and I had GI issues. So I had oh, and and low libido. So I had everything going on that now I help other people overcome and move on from. And so, like most people, I went to my uh, regular doctor, and they did some blood work and told me that all the labs came back normal. Of course, I looked at him and said, well, I don't feel normal. I have a lot of bad things going on right now. And he suggested uh, seeing a therapist and gave me some Viagra. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just like the, the new thing that that cures all for a, for a 35-year-old guy. Great. So I knew that there was more going on behind the scenes, and I really wanted to figure out uh, what was the cause of all of my issues. And that's how I got into functional medicine. Could you explain to us what functional medicine is? Because we hear that term a lot these days, but most people have no idea what it really means. Yeah, the the key behind or the, I guess, the, the drive behind functional medicine is finding the root cause of these common chronic health issues and things that modern medicine just doesn't really have a great answer for other than take a pill. And so I'm really digging deep to find out why does this person have fatigue? Why do you have depression? Why do you have GI issues? For females, why do you have PMS and menopausal symptoms? Yeah. You, know, you should not be having those. So that's what I do is I found out why mm -hmm. that's occurring. So it's like, um, you know, modern medicine, they're just um, giving a pill for the, the symptom and not really investigating what is causing that symptom and curing that. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's black and white that everyone in modern medicine does that, yeah, but uh, uh -huh. for unfortunately most of them that, that's how they're trained. Here's a symptom, treat the symptom. Yeah, yeah. So a big a big pharma is controlling how medicine is taught basically, isn't it? It's quite yeah. sad, isn't it? 
So we're going to you're going to talk today base, uh, for primarily about fatigue, depression, and insomnia. And this is not something that you just wake up one day. Well, you wouldn't wake up from insomnia, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like so you, like you hear of this people saying, "Oh, I, I I slept the whole night and I still woke up dead tired." You know, so this is some kind of chronic fatigue, you know, and depression. So, how how do people like fall into these kind of problems? Yeah, you, I mean, you're right. The, these big symptoms uh, don't just occur last week and then all of a sudden you have this. Uh, it's usually built up over years and years, sometimes 10 or 20 years for some people. It all depends on genetics and how well you deal with stress. But basically, our body has a, an ability to deal with stress. And they, they're little organs on top of the or little glands on top of the kidneys called the adrenal glands. And they secrete a stress hormone called cortisol. Now, our body can adapt to stress for a certain amount of time. But at some point, it cannot adapt anymore. And along the way, there's little symptoms will start popping up. Insomnia, you know, you're going to figure that one out very quickly. But a little bit of fatigue, maybe some dietary changes or intolerances that weren't there before. Uh, maybe some the inability to uh, maintain muscle mass. All these little things kind of creep in there and, and they're considered common. And so people don't PMS and people don't really think about it. However, one day you get, you know, moving into insomnia. It's because your body can no longer adapt to the stress in your life. And those stressors, if you don't mind me continuing, you know, the, the big three are, is going to be emotional stress, dietary stress, and internal inflammation. And it's one of those three, if not all of them, usually starting with emotional most of the time, cascading into the, the body breaking down. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of this, uh, you know, Cortisol and stress and and binge eating, causing big bellies. You know, like you, when you see a, a person with a big belly, it's usually somebody who's under a lot of stress, because when the fat cortisol is making f fat to, to lay down, and it's usually in the belly area. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, in a yeah, in a very oh, simplistic a, way. Yeah, in yeah, a very simplistic know, way. Yeah. It, Basically, cortisol, I'll get a little sciencey, not too much, but cortisol has a direct relationship to insulin and blood sugar management. And so if cortisol is getting low and it's, or it's all over the place, it can't manage that blood sugar as well, which means you mentioned cravings. People then get carb cravings because blood sugar is dropping due to cortisol mismanagement and you want those carbs to help bring it back up. And ultimately, that ends up in the, the, the belly area, like you said, which is called the visceral fat. That's going to be the deep, the deep fat around the organs, which is not healthy. Yeah. And that ends up, you know, pushing out the belly, the stress belly. Yeah. In our last episode, we had a, a speaker and he was talking about this binge eating and stress eating. And he, he told me this thing about the, we have to dominate the lizard brain and he was calling it his pig and the pig was every time you think of chocolate you have to think it's like the slop that the pig is going to eat you know and <laughs> and and i have to uh I, i'm very proud to say that it's been working every time i see chocolate i've been going oh that's a pig in the trough and, and uh, you know it's meant to make me feel disgusted but it also makes me laugh <laughs> yeah and that's an interesting uh, psychological way to attack things my in my world uh, I would look at that as still a Band-Aid to the issue. Let's find out why you're even having these cravings to begin with and correct that issue. Mm 
This is why I interview a whole range of people because we get all the <laughs> all the different pieces of the puzzle. You know, yes. because it's psychology uh, is huge. Don't get me wrong. It is. Uh huh. So I'm going to pick your brains for more stuff here. Um, so like these three symptoms: fatigue, depression, and insomnia. You know, they must be related to each other in some way. You know, it's like I know that if I was fatigued, which I have been many times in my life. Mm-hmm. And insomnia, I mean, like we menopausal women, this is one of the biggest symptoms. And it's, I tell you, see, if you haven't slept during the night, you are a total bitch in the morning. You know, you're a total bitch for the rest of the day. And that can cause depression. But can you tell us more about that, how they're connected and which comes first or which comes last? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, for, for everyone, it's going to come in different orders. Insomnia usually is not the first one to occur just because uh, unless there's been a very stressful, traumatic event, uh, that's probably not going to occur first. Usually it's going to be the depression or fatigue that's going to occur first. And again, it's caused by an emotional stressor. And usually it's it's your perception to stress. In other words, uh, if money, money's a big one for people in relationships, we can talk about money. The perception of having money or not having money to pay your bills next month can be a very big stressor for a lot of people. And that can put people into a fatigue type state or even a depression type state because they're just, they're worried, they're worried, they're worried. Now, nothing's actually happening to that person. That's all their perception. So that perception of stress can then keep you up at night. And once you start staying up at night, which, you know, we can classify as insomnia, uh, or a, a stage of insomnia, we're not getting the rest that we need to recover, which means our hormones aren't getting, you know, they're, they're not getting re- rejuvenated, refilled, so to speak, at night. I'm just trying to talk layman terms, right? Uh-huh. And so then that causes more issues during the day because now your blood sugar's off and you have the cravings and that causes more fatigue and depression. And it's a big, you know, unfortunately, it's a big tornado of, of symptoms and, and you, people usually spiral down very quickly especially if you're not getting sleep. Mm-hmm. And what can you do? To, like, Do you think, I've been talking to a lot of ladies recently with fibromyalgia, which is something that I have. Mm-hmm. And about 10 years ago, I was so bad with it. I had to walk with walking sticks. And if somebody just touched my hand, I would be oh, pain. Uh, and I, I have done many techniques to overcome this. Uh, but <laughs> it's not something that you can do overnight. And sadly, my biggest menopausal symptom is forgetfulness. So I'm, I'm telling these ladies, oh, I must tell you what I did to overcome this, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know there was a course that I did, uh, an English lady does it called the chrysalis effect, I think it's called. So I'm going to ask these ladies to do that. But when you were talking there about stress and, and fatigue, you know, like fibromyalgia and this ME, you know, there's, um, what do they call this, chronic s- s- fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if that, when you were talking about the functional medicine, finding out the root cause of it, could it be extreme adrenal fatigue that's causing uh, these things? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah. Now, fibromyalgia, it's funny you mentioned that. I've done a podcast with the Fibromyalgia Foundation. Yeah. And boy, 20 years ago when I started you know, training and working with people, I had a lady 
um, even more than 20 years ago now, uh, I had a lady tell me that she had fibromyalgia. This is nothing I've heard of 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. She said, if you can find the cure to this, you will be the, the richest man on earth. Well, I haven't found the cure to that. And I didn't know that it was such a big deal until I got more into functional medicine. But to answer your question, extreme stress can a- absolutely cause a cascade of uh, changes in your body that can eventually cause fibromyalgia in people. Now, I worked with a natural, uh, excuse me, a uh, acupuncturist mm-hmm. who he himself had fibromyalgia and completely eliminated it through acupuncture. So, and acupuncture is is its own way of healing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, the more work I've been doing with this, the more I've seen that uh, fibromyalgia, like like other autoimmune diseases are caused ultimately by too much inflammation in the body. Yes. And so what is causing that inflammation? Ultimately, from what I've seen, it starts at the top, at the adrenal glands, like what you said, because the cortisol to DHEA ratio is so important, and it's a balance that I look at to determine what stage of stress the body is in, and then what can be affected down the road. And then Unfortunately, in functional medicine, everything causes everything. And so that's where the detective work comes in, figuring out what's actually, because not everyone who has uh, extreme stress has fibromyalgia, right? But extreme stress can cause fibromyalgia. And so it's finding what what is actually going down the path. Okay, so I'll be getting my friends to listen to this podcast to get your, your great advice. But you have a process, um, which you call Rich's process. So could you tell us more about that? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the process is where I, I really just want to get to know get to know the individual. If they didn't listen to your podcast or they didn't know who I was, I would offer, uh, you know, a free consultation just so we can talk and see if we're a good fit for each other, uh, whether I can help what they have going on, whether they want to work with me. Going from there, I do a case review. The case review involves a deep look at what's going on with the individual. So, I don't know, it's 15 pages long, I think, is my intake form. And I really want to take a good look at that, and I want the the potential patient to really be invested in making these changes. And so after we figure out what is going on, I recommend the labs that we need to get that deeper look of what's inside the body. And then I'll use those labs for the, the... and the symptoms together to make the recommendations to move forward. And to move forward, it usually starts with a supplement program, which most people can expect to be on for about 6 to 12 months. Now, it's a therapeutic program, meaning this is not a forever. It's a And it's to help you get to that next step. So supplements are going to help heal you, but they're not actually... Uh, the bulk of what's going to make the changes in your life. What's going to make the changes in your life are going to be the lifestyle changes, dietary changes, getting better sleep, working in meditation, exercising. Those four things are really the the foundation to help people feel better. I use the supplements to to make people feel better initially and help to reset the, the different feedback loops in the body so that they have the energy to want to change their nutrition, to change their sleep habits or exercise habits. So uh, the supplements of the therapeutic program is really to get people feeling better immediately or initially. When I say immediately, I'm talking three to six months. But for some people, that feels immediate after years and years. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we make those lifestyle changes. 
Mm-hmm. And when when you had your problems, was that the way that you resolved your insomnia and depression and fatigue? Yes. And libido. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a low libido. So so um, and and before we started recording, we were, you were talking about you had this little. Uh, extra bit of fat around your your belly, your little love handles. So, are you are you are do you have you lost your love handles and have you lost your Viagra? <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, the Viagra is long gone. That hasn't been around in a while. Uh, the love handles, they're they're mostly gone. I mean, my wife and I, which came back from a three week trip in Europe, so we had a little bit of fun, but yeah, they'll be gone after that uh, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, yes, I went through the the. A similar process, right? It, it wasn't the exact same because as I get more education and I get better at what I do, my process will change a little bit until I find out what really works for me and my patients. But mm-hmm. I did take uh, an adrenal stress test. I did the you know saliva test. I did a urine test. I did a stool test. I did all those different labs to figure out what was going on in my body, and so that I actually had a proper protocol to correct those imbalances instead of going to Dr. Google and thinking I have this symptom, that symptom, and then just taking everything. Uh, I had a plan based on science. Okay. And so if somebody wanted to contact you and be one of your patients, but they were not in your area, would they contact you like online and then you, they would, you would give them a list of labs and they would take that to their family doctor to get the labs done? So, yeah, so if you're in the, and I'm sure you have listeners from all over the, the world, yeah. if you're in the U.S., I can have those labs shipped to you because I do work with everybody or anybody uh, in the country for sure because I do I'll do what we're doing here. We'll talk online through secure video chat. Uh, I send them the labs, and then they do them at home, and they send them right back to the lab, and the lab tells me what the results are. Okay, and what about people in other countries? It all depends what country you're in, if the lab will ship out to that. Yeah. If my labs don't, then I'll find one that, that does. Okay, okay. And, yeah, I was going to talk to you about depression. I think it's very interesting for, like, I, I, I've been very lucky. Well, I suffered depression, but I didn't even know I had suffered depression until the doctor gave me antibi- no, what's it called? antidepressants. But that was like... Um, and when I was going through, he actually gave it to me because I was having menopausal symptoms. And you hear a lot of women, their doctors give them antidepressants you know, instead of, folk, you know, finding out to balance the hormones. You know. But so mine wasn't wasn't so bad because if, if I didn't notice it, you know, but there are some people and they end up living on the sofa for years. That's yeah. all they do. They live on the sofa. They go to the toilet, grab something to eat and just sleep on the sofa. And that's, that's their life, you know, and it's, it's hideous. You know, it's like, it's not a life, you know, and you hear of people wanting to commit suicide because they're going through this depression. But when we hear that depression could actually be caused because of um, problems, you know, adrenal, adrenal fatigue, this is, I think this is like a hallelujah moment for people that are suffering depression. Yeah, and the adrenal fatigue or the uh, HPA axis dysfunction, I like to throw both in, is only the start of it. There could be other neurotransmitters that are either too low or too high, which is throwing the brain chemistry off. And that's part of the labs that we do to to find out, you know, which is it and how do we address it. And you've mentioned uh, menopausal symptoms a few times. Menopause should be, you know, the golden gateway into 
into your your happy years, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be uh, symptom filled and dreaded. And the reason why it happens that way is because the hormones and, and maybe even neurotransmitters are already off and out of balance. And so if we can balance that, and this is the same with PMS, you know, for all the younger women as well, there should be no symptoms. Uh, my wife is a good example of that. As much as I didn't want to work work on her, she wanted me to work on her. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, when we healed her up, she ended up getting her her period had no symptoms leading up to it. She didn't even know that she was getting it because she's so used to having cramps and breakouts on her skin beforehand. And she had none of that. And she's continued to have none of that after we've corrected those issues. And if I might uh, backtrack, you talked about uh uh Yeah. Just go uh, whenever you want. I'll pull you back if you go too far. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll try to keep it all simple. I just (laughs) like to, to point out uh, that pillars aren't always the answer. And yeah. of anybody listening, you know, I, I'm not your doctor. I'm not a doctor. So I can't tell you to stop taking something. I'm only here to provide information for you. But a lot of the research that I've seen and even heard other uh, functional medicine practitioners talk about is that antidepressants are, for the most part, ineffective. And that they've shown that the that placebo, a sugar pill, is just as effective as the actual antidepressant. So what does that tell you? I mean, people are taking pills that cause other issues in the body, Uh, and really we should be addressing you know, the actual root cause of the depression instead of taking a pill for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you uh, my story. I hope my husband doesn't mind me talking about him. Um, <laughs> he loves me so much, he'll let me away with it. And, and if we help people, <laughs> then that's okay. Um, he suffered depression on and off his whole life, you know, since he was a teenager. But his eating habits are dreadful. You know, it's like, you know, he's a typical Icelander. It's sheep and fish, sheep and fish. Like, you, you, the only vegetable they eat is a potato, you know, and it's like... <laughs> And coffee, 20 cups of coffee a day, you know. So you can imagine this is really killing his adrenal system. And um, so he goes through these periods of, of depression. Of course, when he met me, he sort of brightened up. You know? <laughs> but then we, when we had this crash in 2008, when the whole economy here collapsed, then he went into a depression again. Mm-hmm. And he, the doctor gave him this, this medicine. And he was taking it for two years. And, and honestly, it, it, it became hell for the whole family. Because instead of him improving, he just got worse and worse and worse. And like he mm-hmm. was like that, he was on the sofa for two years basically. And uh, until I said to him, right, this has got to stop or I'm off, you know. And then he got up and he did something about it, you know. And so he said to me, Pauline, can you check out this medicine that I'm taking and see what the side effects are? He says, because ever since I started taking this medicine, he says, I've just been getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And I checked it out online and it said, if I can remember correctly, some of the, one of the side effects was depression. No, this is a medicine I mean, uh... for depression, and the side effects is depression. And then one of the other side effects was death. You know, it's so, just it's just un, unbelievable. And if you're when you go back and listen to this podcast, and you listen to how you talked about his symptoms and how they were occurring, you hit a couple of times emotional, emotional, emotional. They're all external emotional stressors that were affecting his depression right you said the the depression in 2008 the, or the the crash yeah uh and then you got him motivated again by by literally telling him i'm leaving if you don't get your butt these are all external right factors that have affected his depression and the pill really did nothing yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of times the, the, the antidepressants cause weight gain 
which of course doesn't make people happy, which makes people more depressed. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, um, this this little we'll call it a secret came out just the other day. Um, he was talking to a friend, and he, and he, the friend was wanting to lose weight or something, and he said, "Oh, I lost weight a few years ago, and it was um, and it was quite a lot of weight. You know, we'd say maybe um, thirty pounds." You know, so it's quite a lot of weight. And, 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 and I remember at one point, you know, when we had got married, he got married in a kilt, you know, I'm Scottish. So he, and he's Icelandic, Mm. but he, he, I was in the Icelandic costume. He was in the Scottish one and the kilt, Mm. it fitted him. Okay, fine. And then the next year, the the space between the kilt and, and the waistcoat got bigger and there's just the white shirt was hung out. and then next year it got bigger until we went every year we go to this burn supper it's like a Scottish festival in January and so like three years later he couldn't I, I actually refused to go with him if he was wearing it because the big belly was just hanging out you know? and mm-hmm. um, but here about a year later he said to me have you not noticed that I've been losing weight? And I'm, I'm, I'm so ADHD that of course I hadn't noticed, you know. I love him no matter what size he is, as long as he's not wearing a kilt, you know. And, right. um, and I said, I looked at him and I went, Oh my goodness. And he was flat and, and looking very fit, you know. Oh yeah. And, um, so we had a nice time that night. <laughs> helping, helping your libido. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I said to him, and he hadn't changed his diet, you know. So now I'm saying to him, mm-hmm. well, how did you manage to do that? And he went, oh, that's my secret, you know. So here, a couple of nights ago, he was talking to a friend and he was talking about this time when he lost this massive amount of weight. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I'm thick, you know. So I'm saying to him, when, when was that? When did you lose that amount of weight? Was that before you met me? And he went, no, 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 that was... And he's whatever year it was you know and then I said and and he'd said to his friend because the friend asked him how did you lose that amount of weight and he says I stopped taking a medicine it was the medicine that was making me fat and it was that and that was that antidepressant and I thought sly bugger so now I know his secret it was to stop taking the antidepressants Uh so I can't I can't use that because I'm not on antidepressants so I have to lose my weight another way (laughs) yeah or find out what what's actually causing the depression well, no, I mean, I'm not depressed, but um, I have to lose 20 kilos, which is like, I don't know, 30, 30 pounds or something like that, you know. But um, the guy that was I was talking to in the last episode, he he gave me lots of good points. So now I'm I'm, I'm on my way and I'm going to lose those 30 pounds. Excellent. You know? One a week, one a week. We were not going to do it too fast. You know? So right, we're getting near the end of our time today but actually you're going to come back again next time and give us another topic which is going to be about gut issues and female hormones balancing female hormones but today is there any last words that you would like to say to our listeners you know i'm a big advocate of of putting uh, information out there and so on my website myhealthdetective.com that's right uh i I'd like to put a lot of information out there. And right now I'm doing a lot on female hormones and depression and where's the fix it and top tips. But there's more on there, of course. But uh, go to my website to get a lot of great information and sign up. And uh, I believe I have on there still you can get a free ebook if you sign up on that front page. And uh, five tips to start increasing your energy now. And you'll get some uh, updates with what I'm doing and, of course, the ebook. Okay, so that's myhealthdetective.com. Yes. Okay, I'll be looking at that tonight. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh, great. So thank you very much, Rich, for coming on. It was great having you. And 
we have to say to people, as you mentioned earlier, we are not giving out medical advice. If you want medical advice, you have to go and talk to your medical practitioner. Okay. Because I don't want to be wrapped over the knuckles. Okay. <laughs> not me either. <laughs> so until our next episode, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for coming, Rich. Thank you, Pauline. Bye. Thanks for listening to Menopause Morph, your time to change. If you've enjoyed the program, be sure to subscribe to the next one and please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the message about thriving through the menopause. To get a free ebook, more menopausal resources, and to connect with Pauline, please visit www.menopausemorph.com. Thank you.